Welcome to the fourth episode of the Class Cast Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Tibbins. Today, we will be speaking with former student of mine, Ezra Abahun. What year did you graduate high school? 2014. 2014. So I would have taught you 2012, 2013, right? And so that was in an English class, and we got to know each other pretty well. And uh, I'll start with something easy. One of my most prized possessions, and one of the things I keep in my classroom, is a piece of artwork that you gave me. I don't remember if it was the end of that year. It might have been your senior year. It was my senior year. Senior year. Uh, which was a drawing of Malcolm X, right? And so one, you know, thanks. And I've probably said that multiple times, but yeah, I keep that up in the room. I love it. What about that drawing, or what about maybe Malcolm X, do you like, or what about him made him a guy, a, guy, a person you wanted to draw? Well, I drew that drawing for government class. Really? Um, we were doing the debate thing where you choose a person from history and you stand up in front of a class and you debate why this person is one of the most important people in American history. Mm-hmm. And I chose Malcolm X. And instead of having the trouble doing a PowerPoint slide and just being boring, I was like, I'll just draw Malcolm X. Right, and you're a great artist, so it came out, it's fantastic. So that, uh, that, there's a lot about Malcolm X that I admire. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, his strength, his confidence, standing up for what he thinks is right, and standing up what, for what other people think is right, um, and encouraging people to speak up and not just... You know, like other other leaders who were advocates of the civil rights movement, um, they mostly recommended silence, and I don't think that's peace. That's it's if you tell people to just be silent, mm-hmm. it's more you're calling for injustice. Right. Yeah. Um, but he encouraged people to speak up and be like, okay, no, this is your right, then speak up for it and take it, you know? Right. Um, so that's that's one thing that um, I admire about him. Do you think that he still gets, in my opinion, kind of a bum rap as we look at our culture and history? Because he's so many different kinds of people rolled up in one. Um, have you read his autobiography? Okay, it's, it's awesome. It's long. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I picked it up from the library once. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's long. Um, but I know that you know you and I had discussed and we came up probably once or twice in class. So at that point, I don't think I did a lot with him in class. That's not something that I actually do. Like, I recommend the full autobiography, but I give the option within academic level classes to read Walter D. Myers' young adult version. So it cuts it down to 150 pages. And it's fantastic. But throughout his life, sort of has a troubled youth related to his parents and his dad's political views and racial and religious views. And then he gets into some trouble in his teens and early 20s, and then he has this like reimagining of himself and the reinvention of himself, really, uh, when he's in prison and comes out. And so I think when you bring up a person like Malcolm X, some people immediately think hero and some people immediately think villain. And because it isn't a clear-cut answer, I think a lot of people give up. Mm-hmm. I agree, I think probably way more hero than villain, but there's some parts you can be concerned about. When you say encouraging people to speak up more than other civil rights leaders, like is it a fair comparison to put them against a guy like Martin Luther King? 
So that's see that's the thing. Like the way people look at Malcolm X depends on or comes from the way he's taught in schools. Right. And do they really teach Malcolm X in schools? No. Yeah. You know. And but they do teach Martin Luther King. Right. You know, it's it's a thing in every English class. They have to play I Have a Dream. You know, by right. Martin Luther King. <laughs> and it's just you know just to also think about. Why Martin Luther King gets a national holiday? You know, right? Why are are other leaders kind of mentioned the same way he's mentioned? Yeah, why? Why? You know, almost why we put his name on it when it could just as easily be Civil Rights Day or I mean, that's taking anything away from him, but um, why do you think he gets embraced and say Malcolm X doesn't? Because Malcolm X calls for revolution, and they didn't want that. So you think you think it's the the threat of violence? It's more of it, it. Some people could be concerned about that, but some people could be concerned about just having blacks as equal as white. Right. Um, yeah, I always I always have fun with that. And now now that it's a more integrated part of the class, like even the AP classes where. I still recommend the books, but I at this point, at least, you know, until now, I have not required the reading. But we now do. Um, I have everyone read the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. And so Frederick Douglass is this cherished American. You know, he's got schools and everything's named after him. Um, but I think he's probably a, a bit angrier and more revolutionary than most people would recognize. So after they read that, it's a short book, which is good. I pair it with. Uh, some texts from Martin Luther King, letter from Birmingham Jail, things like that, and then excerpts from Malcolm X's autobiography and a couple of his speeches. And I have the class try to sort out you know, what's the difference. What's so you know? And in my mind, Frederick Douglass and Malcolm X are almost the same person. It's a hundred years separated, but they both believe strongly that education can free people. That you should speak up. They were both not loved. But, you know, in a, in a broad sense during their lifetime. So you think 100 years passes and you can have a guy who does basically the same job and says very similar things, and we have such different responses to them. We have a lot of students, a lot of students have a different reaction to Malcolm X than Frederick Douglass or Martin Luther King. And at that point, it can't purely be based on race. So I always wonder how much of it is, hey, I mean, Malcolm X is a violent guy. Like, you know, Leonard is like, he never really does anything violent. He just, Keeps the option open, <laughs> you know. That, that he basically says, if you tell someone right up front, no, no violence or no physical alteration or altercation will ever occur, you're sort of taking a tool away from yourself. And I think that made a lot of people uneasy. Do you? And I don't know. If this might be that question, but do you think? Do you think that he is challenged more in terms of his role in our culture, based upon? that idea that violence could be an option? Or do you think that maybe it's more religious? The idea of, of converting to Islam, to changing his name. Um, I mean, in your opinion, you, which one do you think is a bigger problem in his legacy? Or at least a problem for, say, mainstream American Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, when I first learned about Malcolm X, I didn't know he was Muslim. But getting to know a little bit more, that could be a big, uh, uh, you know, cause for uh, reason why right. he's not kind of perceived in the same way as Frederick Douglass, yeah. for example. 
um, I would have to like read more into right. uh, his life events and his choices to kind of be able to tell if you know what 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 are the things he said and then what did people respond to at the time. But in terms of now, it, it's it's really mostly how people teach Malcolm X and what they teach about Malcolm X is what kind of creates that perception that people might have. So do you think that when, and I say we, I mean, I mean both in a broad sense, but you can also think about your specific experience in school or my class or however you want to take this, do you think that we teach certain people issues poorly? Like, do you think it's just a lack of knowledge or lack of context, or do you think that there's like a specific bias? Um, there is a, a, a bit of bias, but it's, it's you know, I, we have to remember that teachers are kind of restricted to a curriculum right. um, to a certain extent. So you have, there are things that you have to teach more than others because of the curriculum. Right. So I think it's the system that kind of would have to be adjusted more than for the, for the people that are delivering that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, anytime I hear anyone push back real hard, and it's usually not in school. It's usually having conversations with friends outside of school. Um, a lot of times there's either concern about difference in culture, whether it's race or religion or whatever. But a lot of times it comes back to the idea of violence. And, and I say, you know, that's okay. Except a lot of those same people really love George Washington. At least in general, it leads an art. You know, yeah, yeah. There's actual violence occurring. And so I don't know that there's a difference if you can say that you know, in one case, the threat of violence is a problem, but in another case, a guy who actually engages in violence can be the hero. Yeah. So you say, you know, so you think curriculum would be a part of it. So let's do that, since that's one of the main questions I want to ask. In terms of adjusting school, how would you do that? Like, if, if you could make a change to your public school experience, what would you adjust or change? That you think would be better, and it doesn't have to specifically be about treatment. Not from action like that. Yeah. You just identified that you think curriculum in certain ways causes some of these these concerns or disputes. What would you do differently? I mean, I think well, first of all, the teachers have to be a lot more respected, and kind of uh, the choice of teachers that you put in school should be done in a strategical way. You have to study who you're putting to deliver the information. And curriculums shouldn't be kind of, they should not be restricted to. Because again, it's, you know, standardized uh, learning is not, it doesn't teach a lot right. to students, you know. You're kind of just limiting and, and, and you want everyone to be kind of on the same line, but you, it's it's not going to go anywhere for a lot of people. Right. So would that, do you think that that would be best served by adjusting, obviously there's a part of this that's, you know, higher different teachers or better teachers. Or, but, you know, if you don't have better teachers, you probably can't create that freedom in the curriculum. And when I say yeah. better teachers, I'm not saying that, you know, there are plenty of excellent teachers, but there's also plenty that yeah. aren't excellent. I don't know that you can give that freedom if you're not super confident in the people in the room. Do you think it makes sense for everyone to show up and, you know, think about, like, our class. You show up when the bell rings and you sit in your seat and everyone's in rows, and, you know. Is that still an okay format you know like, it depends on what you're like if you're giving a short lecture yes um but 
doing interactive things like discussions or something. Right. It would require a different um, a different setup, for example. Right. Um, just looking at it, you know incorporating different ways to teach the students is important right. to kind of be able to reach all of the different people on their own like level of learning. Because right. um, I you know I've heard like people say like. There's no student who's bad student. You just have to find a way to get to them. Right. You know? Right. So there are, and, and we have a lot of resources. It's just some schools are don't have, um, like don't provide the the their resources. Can help the, the students that don't get it from the first time, or don't get it by simply just a lecture. Right. So you're a recent graduate of Georgia Mason University, and what did you study? Film and video studies. So we didn't do any of that in my class, but we probably could have, you know, and some of that comes down to just having the technology that we need to be able to provide, you know, cameras and microphones and, and the rest. But now all the students have a Chromebook, like they each have their own little laptop that comes around that has a camera, has a recorder, has a you know, and it's awesome and say it causes some other problems, but it's awesome in a lot of ways. Do you think that's something that would have helped you, like? Would your personal goals have been better supported or achieved if maybe, say, just for example, in my class, if we had done a video project, you know, cut out one essay and instead make it, you know, a, a project or product-based sort of thing, like, would that have improved your experience? Yeah, because, I mean, even, I mean, I remember in your class you would show videos or parts of a film. That's also something else, like seeing other people talk about it. Uh, like, I remember, I can't remember what it was, but it's still stuck in my head. Um, there was a portion of, I, I believe it was a documentary, but of Iraqi veterans speaking. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that from your class. Right. And it's still in my mind. Like, yeah. The things they were saying and stuff. I think that's something that could be done, you know? Right. Um, it doesn't have to be, like, uh, creating a full short film, but... You know, taking parts of, of that creative process and applying it or, like, uh, uh, pairing it with uh, some some of the knowledge that they're learning in class, whether it's skits or actually videotaping right. things. Yeah. I know, um, I think it's called Operation Homecoming, I think was the name of the, it was a project done by, I forget, it was Library of Congress or National Institute for the Arts or, um, Something like that. I still actually just showed it this year. Like that's something that disappeared for a couple of years just for timing purposes. And just this year, I brought it back as like an end of the year. Hey, we have a few weeks between. You're all at the end of your standardized tests, and so now we have two, three weeks until the end of the school year. And it's what are you going to do? And so we use that, and and that was where veterans. I think they're all from. They were all veterans from the Iraq War, and they each wrote their own short story or poem. And then for the movie, what they did was have. In one or two cases, I think the actual author read it, but usually it was like an actor or celebrity reads it, and they put video or images to it. And people tend to like it, but have very different responses. So, say in terms of using that, like, would you recommend that being the starting point, and then offer students again thinking about like improving the quality of your education and experience? Would it be better to at the end have students create something similar, to talk to someone, do an interview? Or just do the class discussion and write a short paper. I mean, and I don't mean to downplay the discussion of the paper because yeah, it's important yeah, things to do, are, but yeah. would you have 
would you have more interest in it if you had the opportunity to do something like that yourself? 